0: Who are we to trust these days? Is it people that say things like this? I AM GOD
1: Almighty.
0: Where do I fit in in the Bible? The Bible's not primarily about you. In this modern day and age, we have so many pastors that we can access through social media. So who do we trust?
1: Because you deserve to live a blessed life.
0: We'll dig into that on this episode. Going on, everybody. This is Tanner here with the Vision Project, the founder in the vessel of the Vision Project, directed by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I want to thank you so much personally for being here today. Um, it is just a great pleasure to have you joining us here today. And if this is your first time, I just want to give you a little bit of clarity here. I am not somebody that is a heretic hunter. I am not a heresy hunting channel, nor do I desire to chase after false prophets and to just point the finger and give no compassion or grace towards them. That's not my desire whatsoever. But what I am going to be covering today is a little bit against what a lot of people think. And so this might, you know, flare up some of your um, emotions. You know, this might be something that you don't necessarily like. Um, But what we're covering today is really a common failure in teaching of the scripture. It's a common thing that we see. It's common in large churches. It's common in prosperity gospel teaching churches. It's very common in this modern day and age. And that being people placing themselves in scriptures, as well as teaching that we are the new Israel. There is a huge problem with that, and we will dig into that in this episode. But for now, let's hit that intro. Welcome to The Vision Project, a place where we strive to give hope and understanding of who Jesus is. We hope today's episode guides you to a better understanding of who he is and how much he loves and cares for you. Have a wonderful day. Here's a little bit of a disclaimer. I myself have struggled with this previously and fight very, very hard now in the present time to figure out how I can avoid making this mistake again. We live in a modern day and age where we have so much access to teaching, which is a huge blessing. But with huge blessings can also come great curses like we can cause ourselves to either be in such a great place because of all the access that we have and the tools that we have or we can be in such a large pit because of the accessibility that we have with various tools such as the internet the internet can either be something that you use to glorify god to learn more about god to research about god to glorify him through everything Or the internet can be your downfall. It can be your trigger finger. It can be something that you run to to find security. It can be something that you run to in order to gain information so that you can be seen as somebody that's smart. And so you gain respect from somebody. You can run to the internet for lust and sexual pleasure. You can run to the internet for many, many terrible, awful things. The internet can be used in many wonderful ways, though. And I'm not going to downplay that. The internet, for me, has been useful in my learning experience. For me, I have grown so much because of questions that have been answered for me, because I researched online different things about theology, different things about, you know, ways of thinking about a verse or ways of perspective about a subject in Scripture. So the internet can be wonderful. But here's where it can be a curse. We have so much access to modern day preachers, to Instagram preachers, to TikTok preachers, to all these different people. We have so many sound bites playing everywhere. We scroll and every other, you know, post that we see is because of the algorithm we see so many different pastors we see so many christian sayings we see you know tiktokers that come on and they say well i just i had this vision or well i had this you know thought come to mind and then they share their thoughts and so we have all these different voices being voiced which i think is a great thing right but here's the problem with that we listen to one soundbite of somebody and it sounds solid like it sounds good. Like this this actually might be revolutionary for me. This actually gave me new perspective. Okay? You listen to that one soundbite from this one person. And then for the rest of your time, if your life, you give credibility to that person and their teaching skills. And you give credibility to them for the things that they're preaching that it's biblically accurate. You give them that credibility immediately because of that one thing that they said that one time for 15 seconds and you gave them credibility for it. Here's my problem with that. That is one small, tiny little sliver of that person's theology, of that person's thought process, of that person's teaching to who they're teaching to. And so this is where we are given the job of 2 Timothy 3, 16-17. To use the scriptures, right? To read the scriptures, to understand the scriptures. The God-breathed, God-ordained scriptures to correct, to rebuke, to reproof. So we can use the scriptures then of what we know about Christ, about what we know about what the Holy Spirit is inclining us to do. We can use then the scriptures... To keep, accountab- to keep these preachers accountable. That is our job. That is our duty. Not to seek for false prophecy, right? Not to seek after false teachers to make sure that that person says something wrong or one little thing that sounds off, I'm going to point the finger at them and say that they're a false teacher. No, we get it wrong in that extreme as well, okay? But what I'm saying is we use the word the things that we have read outside of Sunday, the things that we have done in our quiet time to read, to get to know God, to get to know what the Bible says about a certain subject. We read the word so that we can understand the character of God, so that we can understand his statutes, the things that he believes in, his law, his goodness, the things that he has set as truth. We dig into the word so we can keep people that are in leadership, people that we are leading accountable, but we don't do that. We hear the words of pastors. We hear the words of these preachers on TikTok and on Instagram and on Facebook and all over social media. We hear one thing from them and then immediately give them accountability. Rather than, okay, what else did they say? Not saying to go and listen to this you know, preacher for 50 minutes and to always listen to their sermons, but I'm saying I can't give credibility to someone that I don't even know preaches truth on a week-to-week basis. Here's an example for you. If I were to go to the park right now, And I just watched this guy take a ball, jump up super high and slam dunk it, right? Like just this beautiful looking dunk, slam the ball was a wonderful, wonderful dunk in a basketball hoop. I can't then assume that that person is a great basketball player. Here's why. That person has athletic ability, but do they have knowledge of the game? Do they have basic fundamentals down? Or are they just freakishly athletic? Okay, you kind of get where I'm, I'm going. We have a lot of very, very talented speakers. Very, very talented preachers. But do they have basic fundamentals? Do they have the mental game down? You catch what I'm saying? This is where we have gone wrong in believing that everything that that pastor says is true. This is just an example. I think many people, and this is a very unpopular opinion, many people have given a lot of credit to Pastor Mike Todd. Now, I am not saying that Mike Todd is a false teacher. I don't think he is. I actually think that he has good intentions. But, here's the caveat. I think that Mike Todd has taught false things. But, he is a very great communicator. And he also, this is something that my brother-in-law and I have very much agreed upon is that he knows how to dig into people's hearts like he knows how to think or to speak the thoughts of other people and to really dissect and give some heart surgery for some people okay so I give him that credit he is such a phenomenal communicator and sometimes I listen to these preachers right I listen to these pastors so that I can hear how they communicate so that I'm inspired even though they don't necessarily preach truth, and I can catch on to that, they have great, great skills with communication. So, I'll give credit where credit is due. But as you heard him, maybe in my intro, this is something that Mike Todd said. Take a listen.
1: Because you deserve to live a blessed life.
0: Now, I know what you're probably thinking. Tanner, why are you using this really, really small soundbite in order to prove that soundbites don't matter? (laughs) Okay, let me see. Let me show you how I'm not contradicting myself, okay? Listen to the statement that he says once again. Let's play it. Because you deserve to live a blessed life. That statement in of itself, when you look at the words that are used in that phrase, doesn't need context because that statement in itself is powerful enough to make a point out of it. Now, I know that I have said thus far that sound bites mean nothing, that sound bites prove nothing, give no credibility to this pastor. So I'm going to encourage you, first and foremost, to go and listen to this message and see what I am talking about because this statement is kind of the surrounding idea, not kind of, is the surrounding idea in the theme of what Mike Todd is teaching in that sermon. So if you go look at the first sermon of Mo Money, Mo Purpose, <laughs> which that can be a whole discussion of itself, Mo Money, Mo Purpose, that is his first sermon in his new sermon series. Check it out. But let's pick apart That statement, because that statement in itself is very powerful. I could go over the whole sermon and show you different points, but we'll just take this one statement that Mike Todd says, and we'll pick it apart because it's a statement of itself. So let's play it again.
1: Because you deserve to live a
0: blessed life. So what Mike Todd is prefacing is the rest of this message, the rest of what I'm about to say, is all on the preface of you deserve to live a blessed life. Do I deserve to live a blessed life? Do I deserve it? Let's read Ephesians 2, where it says this, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit of with him and seat us up with him in heavenly places in christ jesus so that in the coming ages he will show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in christ jesus for by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not your own doing it is the gift of god not a results of work so that no one may boast for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them what is that what does that passage right there say about me deserving to be blessed because what it was prefacing before in the first couple of verses in verses 1 through 4 and we uh, excuse me 1 through 3 it is saying that i in my own life have followed the passions of my flesh carrying out the desires of my body and i was by nature a child of wrath a child of wrath and what is it that saves me how am i saved well let's see in verse seven says so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Verse 8, for by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. So my own actions never earned me anything. My own actions deserved wrath. By nature, I was killed a child of wrath because that's what i belonged to was wrath i deserved nothing i earned nothing there was nothing that i could have done to possibly earn that what was it god's grace he was rich in mercy so i myself don't deserve the blessings of god i don't whatsoever romans It's another work of Paul inspired by the Holy Spirit. It says this, but now the righteousness of God has been manifested. This is verse 21. Apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Christ Jesus for all who believe, for there is no distinction for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Verse 24, and are justified By his grace, as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness, because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over former sins. Very similar passages explaining why i me i don't deserve to be blessed i haven't earned the blessings of god but i've been offered the blessings of god so i don't deserve to be blessed i haven't earned to be blessed there's nothing that i could do to give me blessings of god i exist and god's love his richness in mercy with which he loved us, offered us that free gift of salvation that gave us that grace, that gave us that mercy so that we could receive salvation. So then it isn't me that justifies myself for my past life. So no, Mike Todd, I don't deserve to be blessed. I've been giving, I've been given the blessings of life So this is where we kind of drop into where we see these sound bites don't matter. And you might say, "Well, how does how does your sound bite have any sort of credit? Like how how can you give credit to that sound bite? What if the rest of what he says is true?" That statement in itself proves that the rest of his message is all based on the preface of I deserve to be blessed. So there's the issue. There's the problem. But here's a part of Mike Todd's sermon that actually sounds good. Now, if I, I take this sound bite, you might think, wow, I need to go and listen to that sermon because
1: that has some truth in it. So let's play this part that actually sounds fire. Can I say it to you in a point? Money should never be the focus. It should always be the fruit. Mm-mm, mm-mm, speak it. If money is your focus mm-hmm. on social media every day, I get up and I see all these okay. entrepreneurs and yep. hustlers and grinders, yep. and most of us follow them. Check. They have made money the focus and not money the fruit. Sheesh. If you make money the focus, you will start to make it your idol. Mm-hmm. That's very true. And you will worship that thing yep but for us as a church we said we're not focusing on money that's good we're focusing on what god has called us to focus on and what is that transformation in christ can i say it simpler we focus on people
0: okay yeah. it's stuff like that that sounds really good and if that were to pop up on your instagram right now you would be like dang that's fire like <laughs> it would for me too like i listen to that i'm like yeah that's good that's good mike todd that's awesome But if you were that one person that heard that soundbite one time and then forever gave credit to this speaker, you might fall into a pit theologically. Because if I give credit where credit isn't due, I can fall into a very, very, very dark space. And the reason for that is because if I don't Clearly know the scriptures. If I don't understand the statues of God, then what I do then is I create this divot in my walk of God that I trip up on because I give credit to preachers that don't have credibility in their biblical teaching. And so here's another soundbite that you'll hear from Mike Todd, and it's kind of whack. Let's hear it. A lot of the things that we believe don't come from scriptures. Ooh, I don't know if this is one of those moments where I'm like, (laughs) speak for yourself. But uh, Mike Todd, Pastor Mike, not sure if this um, applies to you, but most of the things that I believe in are actually from the scriptures. So because that's what I believe in. So if I believe in something, usually I believe in all of it. So, okay. All right. Anyways, I'll give you some grace on that one. Carry on.
1: Was I going to take a concept that was given to me by culture and bring it into kingdom work? Or was I going to take it through the filter of the word of God? Now this actually
0: sounds really good because what he's prefacing about what he's about to say is that I filtered what I'm about to say through the word of God. That I actually use the word of God in order to believe in what I believe in. So,
1: okay, let's see what you say. And I searched the scriptures. Guess what I found out? More money, more problems is not biblical. That literally is nowhere in the Bible. It was something I believed because it was something I confessed and I said and I saw other people say and it became my gospel truth.
0: Oh, boy. We have a lot to unpack here because... Basically, let me just take you back a little bit and hear what Pastor Mike had to say about what he did. He said, I dug into the scriptures. I dug through them, man. I dissected the scriptures. I looked through it. I studied the word. You know what I found? More money, more problems is not in the word. Say what, Pastor Mike? Are you saying that the concept of more money, more problems is not in the word? hmm now i get word for word no it's not going to be in there sure you're right on that so you're kind of telling the truth a little bit a little bit but what you're trying to say is that the concept of more money more problems is not in the word well pastor mike let me just bring you to a passage that is known as the rich young man the rich young man in matthew 19 starting at verse 16 it says and behold the man came up to him saying teacher what good deed must i do to have eternal life and he said to him why do you ask me what is good there is no one who is good Hmm. kind of going back to what we said earlier jesus also says if you would enter life keep the commandments the rich young ruler responds to him and says which ones And Jesus said, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness on your father, father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, well, I've kept all these. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, if you would be so perfect, go sell what you possess and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. So, the rich young ruler, this rich young man, okay, hears that he can follow Jesus, that he can have eternal life if he were to go and to sell his possessions and give money to the poor. Hmm. Verse 23 this is also what we got to dig into it says this and jesus said to his disciples after this had happened truly i say to you only with difficulty will a rich person enter the kingdom of heaven verse 24 again i tell you it is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of god here's the problem If you preface what you're about to say by saying, I have read the word, I have dug into the word, and the word does not say this, and the word says it, it's heretical. It's a heretical statement. This is the problem that our modern society has fallen into. Especially Christians, especially young Christians, is they will pass these pastors on social media... They'll hear what they say, and they'll give credibility to them from then on forward. Please, for all of my audience members listening to this, do not give credibility to somebody immediately when you haven't tested the scriptures yourself. This cannot become your truth. The things that they say cannot become your truth unless it aligns with the scriptures. This is the great problem that we have. What is the solution then? I read the word. I get to know the character of God. I get to know who Jesus is. Here's another thing. I won't pull up the soundbite. But Mike Todd says that poverty is evil in that same sermon. I am not joking. That is word for word what Mike Todd says. Poverty is evil. Look it up. Now, I get that maybe God didn't want us to live in poverty. and At first, maybe maybe that was something that God was not desiring for us to take part in originally in Eden was he intending that maybe not but poverty saying that poverty is evil okay who was Jesus then was Jesus living in great wealth was Jesus just handing out checks to people that are around? Was Jesus making it rain dollar dollar bills, y'all, as he's walking down the city streets? I don't think so. Jesus was a Jewish carpenter, homeless. <laughs> he says, "I have no place to lay my head." Mike Todd In your sermon you say More money equals more purpose False doctrine my friend And again my brothers and sisters I am not saying That Mike Todd overall Is A false prophet I don't think he's necessarily Intending for this as some Others I might categorize as this I don't think he's on that level yet I think that he has good intentions. Okay? But sometimes good intentions doesn't mean good morals or good understanding of the word. But man, pray for him. And this is where I'm different than other, you know, people who are heresy hunters. Where I say let's just pray for him. Matter of fact, I'm going to pray for him right now. Father, we pray for Mike Todd. We pray for people who preach the word. God, I just pray for people who are like him, who have that big of influence, who have that big of an audience, who have that big of a crowd surrounding them, of that big of popularity, who have that kind of wealth, especially in the field of preaching. God, that you would guide them, that you would protect their hearts that you would allow for them to preach the true word of God so that people could truly be impacted by the truth of your word. God, I just pray that these preachers would no longer lead people astray. I pray for people like Mike Todd that they would recognize their misunderstanding of the word and that they would repent on that and ask for forgiveness. Lord, I pray for each and every one of them that I would see them in the kingdom of heaven, God. I never want anybody to go to hell. It's never my desire. And so I just pray that I would see these brothers in heaven, even despite some of the things that they have said. Lord, that, that that, that we would be able to see them in heaven. We thank you, Jesus. We just pray for these people that we would have compassion and grace upon them because we are, not perfect ourselves. I'm not perfect myself. So God, fill my heart as well with compassion for these people. And Lord, help my heart to not be bitter against them because I've been in a place where I've misunderstood the word as well. In your name, amen. I myself, my brothers and sisters, have been in this place where I have heard somebody And I'm not going to name the person because, I mean, I think I've done that enough with Mike Todd. I don't need to go on and name other, you know, preachers as well that I don't necessarily agree with. But I listened to, you know, somebody on Instagram and they sounded really good. And then my wife and I used to listen to their sermons and think, wow, they are so good. They are speaking so much truth. They're so relevant. And that's the danger. They're relevant They're good communicators. They say good things. But there's also the concept of a wolf in sheep's clothing. You won't necessarily recognize the wolf that's underneath because you don't know that person. All you see is their stage presence. And so I would just pray for all of us to be aware of who we give credit to. This is a problem because a lot of the times they'll use the word In order to place themselves in it. Or to give an example that places ourselves in the word. And that's a huge problem. Because the problem with that is. We miss out. Big time. On what the word is truly trying to convey. Through true study. Of the historical and cultural context. So that we can understand. What the word is really trying to convey in that specific time and place. Well, man, if you have made it this far, I am so beyond blessed that you listened this far into the podcast If you would just please help support The Vision Project, it would be so great if you would just move those thumbs just a little bit to like, follow, share this podcast. I'm not asking for money um, because the most that I could really ask you for is just your support and it would just be so great to, you know, have people to be encouraged by this and, you know, maybe you can send this to a friend that you feel like it might touch them, Uh, it might encourage them in their faith and their season of life. And man, I don't necessarily love doing these kind of podcasts. This isn't normal for me. And so it's not my choice, you know, cup of tea because, you know, it comes out as hate or bitterness towards these people. But really, I have come to a place where I'm actually compassionate um, for these people. And, you know, I like I said earlier, you know, I'll listen to some of these, you know, pastors just because they... You know, have great moments of communication of the word. And so I'll listen to them just so that I can get inspiration for my own self and, you know, how I teach and how I preach to my own students or to my own audiences. So, you know, I'm not bashing them fully and completely, but I'm just saying that there are, you know, different pastors, you know, that we really need to be careful about um, with how we, you know, give them credit and credibility. So anyways, overall, thank you so much for being here. You know, I hope that you would join us in the next couple of episodes that we have coming soon. I'm hoping to be more consistent as I am now more settled into my new home here in Jacksonville, Florida. I hope to see you on the next one. Thank you for joining us today. We'll see you next time. See ya.